will say this before I get started. I don't take this position very lightly. And I don't come up here to make something sound good. I'm an apostolic to the core. And I believe in preaching apostolic. I believe in this doctrine. I believe in this message. And I'm not going to sugarcoat anything here today with that being said. In the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 2, beginning with verse number 9, very familiar passage of Scripture. The Bible says, But as it is written, I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither have it entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love Him. But God hath revealed them unto us by His Spirit, For the Spirit searches all things. Yeah, the deep things of God. Let me reread verse number 9. But as it is written, I hath not seen. Ear has not heard. It hasn't even entered into the heart of man. The things which God hath prepared for them that love Him. If we could put our Bibles down and lift our voices to the King of Kings today. And let's ask God's anointing to be over this house. Jesus, we are thankful for the opportunity that we have to be gathered together once again. To be able to study and to preach your word. God, I pray right now for the anointing of the Holy Ghost to continue to fall in this place today. God, I pray right now that the words that come out of my mouth, somebody will leave this church changed today. God, I pray that you will anoint every heart in this church to receive and every ear in this church to listen to what says the Lord. God, we give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor and let everyone in the church say amen. You can be seated if you're going to help me preach today. Babe Ruth, he made his major league debut at Fenway Park on July the 11th of 1914 as a starting pitcher. He did not start as a home run king. He pitched seven innings for the win, but he was 0 for 2 at the plate. He struck out against the Cleveland lefty, Willie Mitchell, at his first major league at bat. He was first known as the greatest pitcher before he was ever known as the heavy-hitting home run hitter. Babe Ruth struck out so many times. In fact, how many home runs did he hit? 714. But he struck out 1,330 times. And although that Babe Ruth kept striking out, Babe Ruth kept swinging the bat. There was one agenda that was on his mind at the time. And that was that he has got to do everything that he can to make it home. For the next few moments, if you will allow me the time, I'm going to preach to us on this subject Pressing towards home. Babe Ruth wanted so bad in his major league career to step across the home plate. Sure, it was great to go to first. Yeah, it's great to go to second and even to make it to third. 
But his only agenda that he ever had in his mind was I've got to do everything that I can to make it home. I don't think anybody's going to help me preach here today. I believe I'm in an apostolic church. Our only agenda in this day and hour is not to make it to first base, is not to make it to second base. Matter of fact, I didn't even come this far to make it all the way to third base. I've come to make it home. When I come to the house of God, I'm going to do everything that I can in my might to let the Lord know I've come to make it home. If I got to worship more than anybody else, then guess what? I'm going to worship. If I've got to lift my hands a few more times, I'm going to lift my hands. If I've got to run, I'm going to run. I'm going to do everything that I can to make it all the way home. That's why he swung his bat so many times. That's why he swung his bat hard. That's why he worked hard at everything that he did. And that was because he wanted to make it home. I've come to let you know today, you have got to do everything that you can to make it home. There ain't no slacking in this apostolic church. There's not a such thing as off days. Every single day of the week, you've got to do everything that you can to live a holy and acceptable and a pleasing life unto God. That's the only way here that we're going to make it home. You may have to do some things that you don't like doing. You may have to give up some things that you love doing. But no matter the sacrifice that you have to give, it's going to be worth it when that trumpet sounds and you get to walk on streets of gold and you get a mansion to own your own and you get to walk through the pearly gates. Hey, you've got loved ones that are waiting on the other side for you to get there. You've got moms, you've got dads, you've got aunts and uncles that are waiting for you to get there. That ought to be enough motivation other than getting to see Jesus Christ face to face. You've got to do everything that you can to make it home. You've got to get it in the back of your mind that I'm going to keep swinging. I'm going to swing my bat hard. I'm going to do everything that I can to make it home. It was that home run with the New York Yankees in the fifth inning of game number three on October of 1932 in the World Series in Chicago. During the at-bat, Ruth made the pointing gesture to the stands. Some people say that he was talking noise to the opposing dugout. That he could have been. Some people say that he was letting people know that he was about to hit this next pitch out of the park. But nevertheless, it doesn't really matter what people think that he meant. Because Babe Ruth, he got up. And he done what he done best. And it was not striking out. He got up. And on that very first pitch, Ruth hit a home run to center field. It was his 15th and last home run of the 41st postseason game that he played. That home run was said to be the greatest home run in Major League history. You've got to do 
everything in your mind to make it home. It doesn't matter how big the day is. It doesn't matter how tough your day is. How tough your opponent is. You've got to make it home. Whatever you've got to do to make it home. Whatever price you've got to pay, it's going to be worth it all. Whatever swinging you've got to do, it's going to be worth it all. Whatever frustration that you've got to endure down here on this earth, it's going to be worth it all. Whatever struggles you go through, whatever trials you go through, whatever temptations that you go through, whatever storm of life that you go through, whatever fire, whatever trial, it doesn't matter. It's going to be worth it all. There's coming a day where there's going to be no more sickness, no more pain, no more sorrows. There's coming a day where you're going to get to see Jesus as he is. Now, I loved playing baseball growing up. It was one of my favorite things to do. Now, how many baseball players do we have in here? Or had. How many of you have played baseball? Yeah. At heart, professionally, literally, whatever. We got some baseball players. Softball players, girls, you can. Or guys. I didn't mean to single the guys out. We've got some players. Can anybody tell me what this is? home plate now if you ever played little league baseball t-ball your home plate is going to be 17 inches wide 17 inches wide if you ever played in junior high or high school baseball or if you ever played softball the home plate that they have to cross is 17 inches wide Now, the same object of the major and minor leagues is also that the minor leagues, they have to cross a home plate that is 17 inches wide. And if you're good enough and you go for the right team, we got some Cardinal fans in here, I hope. But even the Cardinals have to cross a home plate that is 17 inches wide. It's the, it's the same objective. It's the same objective. You got to cross the exact same size home plate. But let's not forget the way that I got to make it home, the way that Pastor Gene's got to make it home, is the exact same way that you've got to make it home. It's the exact same objective. Because no matter what size that you are, whether you are younger or whether you are older, whether you are male or female, you have got, it's the same agenda. You've got the exact same mind, the exact same game rules. You've got to make it to first. You've got to make it to second. You've got to make it to third in order to make it home. 
If anybody in this church is going to make it home, it's going to be the exact same way that the Bible describes it as. I've got to get the Holy Ghost. You've got to get the Holy Ghost. I've got to be baptized and buried in the name of Jesus Christ for the remissions of my sins. You've got to be baptized and buried in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. I've got to live a life that is full of holiness and that is acceptable to God. You've got to live a holy and acceptable life to God. It's the exact same goal. I wish somebody in this church would have the mindset, Pastor, whatever I've got to do to make it home, I need you to show me what I've got to do. Now, I have not known Pastor Gene for a very long time, but I can tell by watching him and by looking at him, he lives the part. He looks the part, but he lives the part. It's more than looking the part. It's a lot more than an outward appearance. I can say you look apostolic all day long, but if your heart don't show an apostolic, what are you? It's the same way. We've got to make it home. Revelations chapter 22 and verse 17 says, And the Spirit and the bride say, Come, and let him that heareth say, Come. Let him that is a thirst come, and whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. This apostolic message is not something that we make up and preach to you over a week's time or over a few days' time. This gospel that we preach is a whosoever will message. We cannot make you live your life. We cannot make you dress the way that you dress or act the way that you act or walk the way that you talk, walk or talk the way that you talk. This is a whosoever will gospel. And whosoever will let him come and drink and take of the water of life freely. Now, I've got just a few rules of baseball today. Rule number one. Is you belong in the stands, I mean in the field, excuse me. You belong in the field and not in the stands. God did not call anybody in this church to be a spectator. He did not call anybody in here to watch everybody else do what they do. God called people in this house to be a participator in the worship of God. He didn't tell you to sit down. He said to enter into the gates with thanksgiving and to his courts with praise and to be thankful unto him and bless his name. That means I've got to get my hands dirty when I come into the house of God. Let me get a little bit further than that. If anybody is worshiping God, it ought to be you. If anybody is running these aisles, it ought to be you. If anybody is clapping, if anybody is dancing, if anybody is worshiping, it ought to be you. Because like the old song says, when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he has done for me. 
I believe that somebody's got a testimony in here right now about how far that God has brought you from. I believe that you've got a testimony in here about the trials and the temptations that you've been through and God has brought you out of it. So let me tell you something. It's not going to hurt my feelings any if you want to praise him. He's brought me out of the miry clay. He's set my foot on a rock to stay. He's put a song in my soul today, a song of praise. Hallelujah. Let me go a little bit further than that. You ought to be in the altar and not in the pews. If you want a healing, you ain't going to get it sitting down. If you want a miracle in your life, you're not going to get it sitting down. If you want something to happen, you tell your neighbor, excuse me, neighbor, but I've got a miracle waiting for me at that altar, and I'm not going to get anything that I need from God if I don't go down there and get it. There's a table that is spread here before you, and if you want something from God, get out of your pew and claim it. It's time that we get out of the sands and get in the field. Rule number two. You've got to follow the rule book. If I can give you a little insight about this game, we're going to win. It's Bible. It's in the rule book. It's in the rule book. You're going to win. Can I stop and tell you, quit looking around at the scoreboard about how far that you may be behind right now. Quit looking at what the enemy's doing to you. Quit looking about how far that you've got to crawl on up. Quit worrying about that. You're going to win. If you don't follow the rule book, you are never going to make it home. The only way to win is to follow the book. I would stop being less concerned in what I can be involved in on the outside of these four walls. And I'd start finding more ways that I could be involved in the church. Now don't let me get, don't, don't take me wrong for one second because it's great to have your appearance on the outside. It's great to, to witness to people. It's great to be on the outside of the four walls. What I'm saying is when things are hindering your walk with God on the outside of the four walls, you need to do anything and everything that you can to get your life back in order and do everything that you can to be back here in these four walls. You're not going to make it home if you get distracted by what's outside of the church. Find you someone to give a Bible study to. Find you someone that you can pray for. Witness to somebody in Walmart or in the grocery store. That's what we're called to do. The rule book says in Mark chapter 16 and verses 17. These signs shall follow them that believe. How many believers do we have in the house? In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. 
Why does the world put believers in a negative connotation? Why is being an apostolic such a bad thing? You have people every single day that get influenced by the outside of these four walls because it's wrong to, do, to act like you act. What's so wrong about giving a Bible? What's so wrong about living separated? What's so wrong about seeking and filling after the Holy Ghost? What's wrong about digging up and, and digging in your Word of God? What's wrong about getting up and having a little talk with Jesus every now and then and telling Him all about your troubles? Ain't nothing wrong with it. So if ain't nothing wrong with it, let me speak a little southern to you for a moment. If there ain't nothing wrong with it, then ain't nothing got to change. You don't have to change anything about what's going on in the rule book. All you've got to do is make sure that you're following and living it right. This relationship with God is all about commitment. It's all about commitment. Rule number three is you cannot go home unless you touch all the bases. You've got to repent of your sin. First base. First base, you've got to repent. It's Bible. You have got to repent. And if you don't repent, you will perish. Second base, get baptized in Jesus' name for the remission. For the remission of your sins. Now, some people can swap up second and third base because I received the Holy Ghost before I got baptized. And it happens that way too. It's all right if it happens. But we know that you've got to repent, you've got to be baptized, and you've got to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now, one of the, in baseball, when the longest stretch it seems to a player is the stretch between third and home because that is the most crucial to your game because if you're running from third to home they throw the ball touch you or touch home plate you're out you don't get the point and it's just the longest stretch for somebody now if you haven't touched first base repentance or second base or third base baptism in Jesus name and filling of the Holy Ghost then I've come to let you know it's going to be hard for you to make it home. In John chapter 3 and 3, Nicodemus asked Jesus, they were having a conversation, and Jesus told him, Very, very, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot enter or see the kingdom of God. Now Nicodemus was a little bit confused because he asked how a man could enter into his mother again as an old man and be born again. Then Jesus answered and said, Verily I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, that which is born of spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto thee, ye must be born again. The birth of the church in Acts chapter 2, we all know it's a very familiar passage of Scripture, matter of fact. The Bible quizzers in here can help me quote it. When the day of Pentecost was fully come. Where are my Bible quizzers at? Come on. Y'all come on. Come on up here. I'm going to let y'all quote this to the church for a second. Now y'all don't cheat and look at the screen. 
Y'all quote Acts chapter 2, 1 through 4. Now y'all wait right there for a second. Y'all wait right there for a second. We find in the book of Acts chapter 2, verse 1, it didn't say that they come looking at what everybody was going to wear. It didn't, they didn't say that so-and-so's son came looking for so-and-so's daughter, vice versa. They came expecting God to move. They came expecting God to move. And what happened? God moved. Acts chapter 2 verse 15. For these are not drunken. Amen. Let's give these Bible quizzers a hand. Y'all can be seated. Thank you for your help. The noise in the town was that there was some 120 people that were gathered in an upper room and each and every one of them thought that they were drunk. Because they weren't acting the way that they were supposed to be acting. They were speaking a language that they've never spoke before. And Peter stood up among them and said, No, these ain't drunken like you suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. This is that which was spoken up by the prophet Joel in Joel chapter 2 and verse 28 that says, In the last day saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. We are still in the last days of the Spirit being poured out on the church. We are still in these days. But this is what I want us to look at. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. And they said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Peter stood up and he gave them the basis that had to be covered in order to make it home. He said, you've got to repent. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promises unto you and unto your children and to all those that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Can I tell you right now that over 2,000 years ago, the question was asked, what shall we do to be saved? A little over 2,000 years later, the exact same question is still being asked to this day, what shall I do to be saved? If the same question is being asked, then the same answer must be given. You've still got to repent. You've still got to be baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of your sins. And you've still got to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you right now, you've hit first base hard. You've hit second base hard. You've hit third base hard. Some of you are between third and home. And if I can tell you right now, don't let any devil in hell come between you and making it home. Because like I said a little bit earlier, you've got loved ones that are waiting on the other side of home. You've got too much to be to be uh, held back for. You've got too much on the other side of the home plate for you to be held back now. You've got too much to look forward to to slow down now. You run with all of your might. You fight with all of your might. You do everything that you can to make it home. Rule number four, probably the most important rule. When you hit the ball over the line, it's a foul. Quit trying to move the line. Well, that would have been fair, but it rolled foul, so if I move the line a little bit, it'll make it fair. 
Pastor, if I could get you to move the lines just a little bit, then maybe, just maybe, we'd have more people coming to church. Pastor, if you can move the lines just a little bit, I'd get everyone to come to church because everyone loves the music here. Everyone loves to feel good that happens in this church. But if we can move the line and slack on the rules just a little bit, then maybe we could grow a little bit more. I've got some news for the modern day churches out there. You can have all the fancy things that you want. You can have the best singers and the best musicians. As a matter of fact, you can have thousands of people if you want to. Just give me some good old-fashioned Holy Ghost anointed singers and music and I promise you I'm going to be satisfied with that. People can get up and sing and play all day long but if they have a problem with the foul line then their music is not joyful. It's time for churches today to quit worrying about impressing people. If my holiness and my separation doesn't impress you, then you need to get on my side of the foul line. If the way that I live my life does not impress you, you need to step over to where I'm at for a little bit because I'm not here to impress anyone. I'm here to live my life in order and in ordinance to what God has set before me. Be ye holy, for I am holy. Quit trying to draw the line where the world wants it to be. You need to start drawing the line where Jesus says it needs to be set. Matter of fact, I can say this. Some churches today are trying to get rid of the foul lines in total. The Bible says remove not the landmarks. From which your forefathers have said, it's a straight way, it's a narrow way, and I've come to let you know it is the right way. It's going to be worth it all when you get to make it home. In closing, as the musicians come, rule number five is the devil is not the umpire. Too many people in the apostolic church They give the devil too much credit and too much power. He cannot call the shots. He can say what he wants to, but he can't say what's a strike. He can't say what's a ball, and he can't say what's foul. He cannot even say what's fair. He can't dictate you. He's not the boss. He's not the coach. And he's not your king. Every time that he whispers something in your ear, you need to say, get thee behind me, Satan. I've got a greater agenda in mind, and it does not involve you. I've got a greater coach on my side, and it does not involve you. Let me tell you something, young people. In this day and hour that you live in, temptations are going to be the greatest adversary that some of you face but let me tell you this if temptations are your greatest adversary you've got a greater God that is on your side that is greater than any temptations that you've got to go through let me tell you this too you've got friends in high school or junior high that are trying to tell you this and tell you how to do that don't listen to them but you need to listen to what thus saith the Lord you need to listen to the pastor in your life because the pastor is on the right side of the foul line quit listening to what the world says Listen to what God has for you. 
The devil keeps whispering in your ear. You can't hit the ball. You can't make it to first. You can't make it to second. You can't make it to third. I spoke to the young people. Let me speak to the rest of the church. Myself included. Let me preach to me for a second if you don't mind. Like I said a little bit earlier, the stretch in between third and home is the longest stretch that you have to run. I've been through plenty of trials in my life. I could have backed up and said, God, I could have said, God, I give up. I could have thrown in the towel. But my stretch in between third and home, every step that I make forward, I promise you it looks sweeter and sweeter as the days go by. If I can keep pressing one day at a time, one step at a time, it's going to be worth it all. The devil's going to do everything that he can to tell you You messed up too much. You've done this in your life. You're never going to make it home. You've done this. You've been through this in your life. Why don't you just stay down? Why don't you just quit? But you have a God that is on your side that says if you keep on pressing, If you keep on moving forward, you are going to make it. You are going to win because this race that you are running is going to be worth it all. Rise not against me, oh, mine enemy, because when I fall, I shall arise. Jesus wants you to make it home. If we could all stand, the last rule is Jesus wants you to make it home. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not true, I would have told you. If I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again. That where I am, there you may be also. He's not talking about just the ministry. He's not talking about just the Sunday school teachers. He's talking about the people that I said earlier. This is a whosoever will gospel. He's talking about the people that says, I'm not going to worry about my stretching between third and home. Because I'm doing everything that I can to make it. He is coming again. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. You're almost home. You're almost home. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, 
shall give me at that day. Not only to me, but to all them that love his appearing. I'm not playing this game on my own. You're not playing this game on your own. That right there lets me know I don't have just a crown for me. I don't have just a trophy for me. But I've got a team that is behind me that they're also going to get exactly what I have. Every head bowed and every eye closed around the house right now. In order to make it home, keep running this race. Keep the faith. Finish your course. But most of all, you've got to fight that good fight. I wonder if there's somebody in this church right now. You may be struggling in between third and home. God is wanting somebody in this place to know, don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. You're going to make it home. You're going to make it home. Come on, young people. You're going to make it home. Older saints of God, you're going to make it home. You've got too much on the other side to hold you back. You're going to make it. Everybody that will, will you gather around these altars right now?